Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get in the Garage. I am Mike here, always with Luke and Jeffrey. What's up? We are here once again inside the Sun Porch mm. studio, surrounded by the beautiful foliage. We're not in a magic castle. The birds chirping. We're not in a magic castle? Yeah. Were we ever? I don't know. Well. Eureka. <laughs> Eureka's castle. <laughs> <laughs> Magellan, right? Wasn't that the name of like the, the, the... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, a music podcast. So today we're going to be doing... <laughs> I, I was we're, trying to think... We're going to be laying some tasty treats on Tasty you. jams, tasty treats. Oh, we're going to be serving... Music, some musical meals. Musical morsels. Wow. A uh, uh, music a la carte, if you will. Oh. Yes. Yeah, right? The hottest soul food ever laid down to wax. Mm. Oh, my. Um, so we thought we would do music-themed... Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> food themed music countdown. Sorry. What would music themed food be? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like a gourd that you <laughs> yeah. use as a shaker. A cucumber you carved into a flute. Yeah, exactly. F- a flute cumber. Um, so we are we're, basically going to like. We're going to make you a meal. Of, yeah, we're going to make you a musical meal. songs. Going to make you a meal. Um, of food related songs. Yes. <laughs> musical songs musical songs about food with food having to do with food uh, it's still early so we have a menu we're gonna be making some selections and every song we pick has to be um, the title has to be a food or drink or there has to be thematic elements in the song that refer to a food or drink yep and we are gonna be making our meal um, with an emphasis both on the music and the food. So at the end, you know, if you're eating like, yeah, I don't know. Like oh, a, mine is just Mike's a is just a vomit fest. Yeah. I, I just want to know. My be- food does not mix well. <laughs> I just want to know before we started, I did these all off the top of my head. And oh, I did not Google food songs. I did I did not use Google once to do this list. Oh, nice. So this is all oh, off my I head. Oh, I totally did. I used Google, but all my choices are ones I, and I did come up with off the top of my head. It took me a long ass time. I just thought there might be some yeah. hidden gems. I was sitting there like thinking like. Mm. I Googled, but like I tried to make sure that the songs that I selected were songs that I actually knew. Like right. I didn't just like pick songs that I was like, oh, this has the, this has the word. This has a word gravy in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like I wasn't I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to like do songs that I actually knew. So uh, so the first half we're going to go. Uh, we're going to each pick two appetizers and two drinks. And then the second half we're going to go entree with our two sides and then finish off with a sweet treat as our dessert option. Yeah, so let's pick our order. Throws ones or twos, the odd man out goes first. All right. One, two, three. Lukey is first. Luke's first. Mike and I are going to do rock, paper, scissors, one shot. Oh! I go second. Mike goes third. Damn it. That was Jeff pulling scissors, Michael pulling paper. (laughs) Good play by play. And we're going to redraw the order. At the the halfway break, we'll redraw the order just to mix it up for the second half. 
Um, so we'll start with our appetizers. Luke, appetizer. what is your first appetizer you'd like to put into the kitchen? Oh, the first appetizer <laughs> I will put into the kitchen here is um, I'm going to go with a coconut. We are going to have oh. some, we're going to start the meal with some coconut. Some wow. fruit salad. Some How fresh tropical. coconut, and we're going to throw some lime in there by uh, Harry oh. Nielsen. Nice. Um, the lime in the and that song is just called Coconut, right? It is just yeah. called Coconut. Uh, coconuts make me go nuts. I just love Harry Nielsen and how weird he is. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. If I did consider episode. this song because a lot of the appetizers, I, w- I found a lot of fruit songs. Mm. So I did consider this, and Harry Nielsen, vastly underrated. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. Delectable. How would you like that served? Yeah. Raw? Raw? Do you want to break it open yourself? Uh, well, no, we're going to. Put the lime in it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> put the lime in it, and then, you know, put them both together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shake it Delicious. all up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. I like coconut. It's a fresh treat. It's Coconut's it good. Is. Not a fan of coconut water, though, myself. I am. Yeah? Yeah. I always, like, every time I go to buy coconut water, I'm like, oh, I like this. And I drink it. I'm like, I don't like this. I want it to like <sighs> it, but it just tastes like cloudy. It tastes like yeah. It tastes like milk that cried. Milk that cried. <laughs> it's the tears of a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm going to make my first selection and I'm going to go, uh, with some fruit to start as well. And I am going to have some sliced watermelon provided by the watermelon man oh. from the song by Mungo Santa Maria, watermelon man, Oh, a song I love. And a song that actually does physically make me hungry because the whole song is just like these crazy bends. It goes like, and it bends every time in the beginning. And he, they play a lot with that, that triplet. Sometimes it sags so much off the beat. Um, it's very delicious. Oh, tasty jams. With a morsel. Nice. For my first appetizer, I'm going to go with not a fruit selection, I was trying to decide, I was trying to figure out, like, what is an actual appetizer, what's not, um, and I'm going to go with They're Red Hot by my man Robert Johnson about tamales. Oh, okay. Oh, love it. They got tamales and the red hot. Yeah. Not, this, not the Chili Peppers version? <laughs> not the Chili Peppers version. No, this one is from 1936, <laughs> which, funny enough, when it was released, uh, the side two was Come On In My Kitchen, so... Ah, you know, food theme, food, food, uh, food theme stuff. Yeah. Um, um, so. Nice. So now uh, we'll take drink orders. Luke, what do you want your first drink of the what can I, evening what can to I be? Get y'all for drinks. Um, I'm what gonna can go. I get y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna go real old school with this one and mm. uh, take it real personally. Two of my favorite things together. We're gonna go coffee and cigarettes by Otis Redding. Oh, oh <laughs> okay. yeah. Okay. That's a meal in itself. What are you talking? That's an entree. <laughs> that's that's a Luke special. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're gonna have some uh, stuffed. It has both food groups. <laughs> <laughs> nice oh, aromatic. I really chose <laughs> this one uh, because it's just straight up. It's it's me all day. I can't not pick this song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anybody is the embodiment of coffee and cigarettes, it's Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, delicious. Mm, delicious. What do you guys get? What are you getting to drink? So, what I'm going with is, you know, it's like, you know, that era of music that was uh, kind of like late 50s to mid 60s, where there would be these basically instrumental songs that would 
be huge smash hits and you're like what the fuck like life was so much simpler back then you didn't even need to sing on a song you just put out like a minute and a half yeah. of like guitar with drums that just like make it great and make it something that's so memorable and just so iconic um so my first drink i'm going with the champs tequila oh. which is just one of the hottest oh my god just ripping sacks, just simple. The voice, Tequila. It's like so. <laughs> it's so great. Um, I just, I, I love it. It's featured heavily in one of my favorite movies, The Sandlot. And I don't yeah. know. I may, that might have been the first time I heard this, but this type of music, that's like that is my shit. So I'm going Tequila. Yeah, it's a total mood, isn't it? Like when I hear that song, I just think of like a hot summer day. Shout out to Pee Wee Herman. You know. Oh yes. Shout also, out to I, I thought you were gonna say uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's, you said I mean, movie. That's, that's another one. I that's in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's like one of those songs. It's like I don't even know if it's a two minute song. I, I doubt it is. Yeah. I don't great, know. great I don't horn know line sure. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it just goes to show you too. As long as I mean, if you write something nice, catchy, they could have yeah. said any, simple. Any you don't word. need. You know, it, like yeah. they could have been like broccoli, broccoli, <laughs> broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my drink selection, I'm gonna go with a drink that I was just downing. It's a song called "Coconut Water" <laughs> by uh, by Desmond Decker. Describe the song. I do not know this one. We have um, two coconut theme songs. Yeah, man. Wow. Well, you know, coconuts. So far, yeah. So far. Ooh. Oh, who's, who's the artist? Desmond what? Desmond Decker. He was like, uh, he he. You know, I've talked about him on the podcast before, but it was uh, he's 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 kind of like the early reggae rock steady ska kind of stuff. Yeah, ah. he, he was made most famous by the song 007, uh, Shanty Town. He also did uh, music for Shanty Jimmy Towns Clint. on. Uh, the harder yeah, they come, the soundtrack. harder they come soundtrack. Yeah, um, but uh, Shanty Town. Yeah, it's Desmond Decker and the Aces. It's uh, it's a great song. I really, really like it. He's got uh, the thing I like about him is he doesn't he doesn't kind of have that like stereotypical kind of like reggae style voice. You know, he's he's definitely like a singer first. You know, and uh, he kind of this song I like it too because it kind of has like dare I say, like some Roy Orbison-esque vibes where he kind of has like oh, this cool. kind of haunting quality to mm-hmm. his voice, you know what I mean? But um, I really, really dig this song. It's off his... his Intensified. Intensified, nineteen seventy. I think it's his third album. Well, it's his third like album as Desmond Decker and the Aces. He had other albums like before that in like the mid six, like early mid-60s, but this is after he kind of became like a breakthrough artist and stuff as far as, you know, in the... And the uh, the reggae uh, must be a rock good song. Steady. Yeah, if it's, it's a great of, tune. If it's one of your two drink songs, it must be good. Yeah, I really really like it. But I'm I, I love Desmond Decker anyway because I love like the early reggae stuff too. You mm-hmm. know, like you know, just before everything becomes all like Bob Marley. Yeah, you know, so it's a good tune. I enjoy it. All right, we'll take a second round of appetizers, Luke. You on and put it in order. What can I get, y'all? So I'm gonna, you know, I, I kept it fresh in the in the first round with you know some coconut. We're gonna keep it on the fresh route. We're gonna go uh, to Cucumber Castle with the Bee Gees. Oh, <laughs> oh. one of the great album covers of all time. <laughs> I don't so think I've seen that album. The before. album Cucumber Castle. The song Cucumber Castle is not on the album Cucumber oh, Castle. Oh no! But is on the first Bee Gees release, the first Bee Gees release in the UK, US. Um. Called first, so uh, Cucumber Castle by the Bee Gees. Um, I'm not really sure what the song is about. It's really psychedelic. It's like Baroque pop psychedelia. <laughs> yeah, that's the album cover of Cucumber Castle. Like nice. Uh, that that's the album too, where um, so valiant, where um, the middle brother leaves. Um, yeah, 
uh, Morris. Oh no, Robin left. Yeah, Robin yeah. left. That's yes, and uh, as he's not on the cover. But yeah, weird song. Um, I imagine it like an old like dish that like. Oh, this is cucumber castle. Like it's mm. like gross cucumbers with like like maybe mayonnaise on them or something. Can you give us a sample a sampling of the song with your own impersonation? Oh, I don't I can't even impersonate it. It's Come like on. it's yes, so baroque. You do a great, great BGS. Oh. I'm not familiar with the song, it's so very, I would really like to hear yeah. maybe a sample if it's, you can. It's very much like like that kind mm. of oh. psychedelia. Much spooky. It's very um beautiful. It's very baroque psychedelia. It's mm. like you listen to it and you're what like, year was that? and you're you're like, what oh, just like happened? Sixty nine, sixty seven. I think the oh, first yeah. BG's album came out. Oh, it's yeah, it's on the first album. Yeah, yeah. I like when bands BG's do first. that. Just side note, when they sixty seven <laughs> yes. by the they way, they name an album something, but then they don't put that title track on that album. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like um, Led Zeppelin has done. Houses that. of the Holy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else brought up an uh, example the doors. Recently. Waiting on the sun. Uh, yep, waiting oh, for the sun. Waiting right. for the sun, rather, yeah. It's not on the actual album, yeah. Very interesting choice. <sighs> Jeffrey, appetizer? Um, all right, so I'm going to go with a little Asian fusion here for my second appetizer. Ooh. I've had my fruit salad. Um, yummy, yummy. <laughs> and, you know. We're just going to keep referencing the fucking Wiggles song. <laughs> So I'm going to meet up with uh, Jive Miguel, who's in from Bogota. We're going to go to Mr. Chow's and get some Szechuan chicken from the song Glamour Profession by Steely Dan. Oh, okay, okay. Um, It's the last verse of the song. It's a song that's all about a guy who's dealing drugs in Los Angeles, and then at the end of the day, he goes and has Asian food. So Szechuan Szechuan dumplings, I believe, is the lyric. Um, Yeah. I love the song. It's like, it's like, uh, Donald Fagan has this quote. He says, I like good, I like good jazz music. I like bad jazz music and I like bad, bad jazz music. <laughs> and that's like what this song is like. It's very purposely. It's all like, it's like elevator music that makes you want to just like boogie. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, great reference to at the end of a long day of hard work slinging slinging that rock listen you work up an appetite (laughs) (laughs) and i thought you know it's gonna pair nicely with the rest of my menu that i hope to be putting in orders for so we're gonna go szechuan dumplings from glamour profession for my second choice right on very nice i'm gonna go with something a little bit light and uh i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna try the soup the song soup speaking of songs Speaking of songs that are named after an album that they're not on, uh, the Blind Melon song, Soup, which oh. was supposed to be on the album Soup, but it was not released until the um, the post uh, posthumous. Shannon Hoon. Yeah, uh, they released after Shannon Hoon uh, died. Uh, they released an album called Nico, I think Nico Nico, something like that, uh, and it was on that song after he had passed. But there's an album called Soup, so yeah, it's not on Soup. Um, I love this song too because it's like there's like two parts to it. Like the first half of it is kind of like just acoustic guitar and like I think I think the effect that's I think it's like flangey kind of chorusy kind of electric guitar kind of strumming, yeah. uh, and then like in the middle it has like a break and it goes into uh, like a harder hitting. Like the drums come in, it's more of like a jam kind of tune and stuff. I'm not a huge Blind Melon guy. Um, Can you give us a quick Shannon Hoon impression? Uh. <laughs> Oh, perfect. That's all we need. Thank you. 
We've heard enough. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There we go. Great, great. A real iconic vocalist. So there you go. Love it because I Shannon, Shannon. So yes, uh, cool. something light. Something light. Soup. <laughs> um, office reference for office. you there. So yeah. So Luca. Yeah. Your last. Your last. Your last drink. My last drink. I'm gonna go. Uh, bringing it back to the mall. We're gonna have to go to the mall to get this. Orange drink. Julius. Uh, we're going strawberry Julius oh. by Bikini Kill. Nice. Oh, very nice. Um. Yeah. This is. I just I always loved the name of the song. Um, I love it so much. I named my yeah. cat Julius after the song. Yes, and you have a um, tattoo of Saint Julius, yes, the cat. Ca- I have a yep, a tattoo of that said the cat. patron saint of catnip. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Strawberry Julius by Bikini Kill. It's a great like. It's just a great song. It's one of my favorite titles of a song of all time. Yeah. I don't know why. It just evokes all that great like mall youth thing going on. So yep. Thank you for the microphone move, Michael. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's my drink, Strawberry Julius. <laughs> it's delicious. It's sugary. Um, I don't even. They're in most Dairy Queens now, so. I, I Bummer. can't. I can't ever say that. I, I don't know that I've ever actually had a strawberry. I've had an orange Julius, but a strawberry Julius. I don't think I've ever had one. Stra- I'm, I'm a te- uh, pina colada guy. Oh, oh, pina colada Julius. Getting caught in the rain every time. I'll go strawberry <laughs> Julius. I love it. I'll go orange. I like a good classic. Bring back the classic Dairy Queen. You know what I mean? Bring it back. Bring it back. Make Dairy Queen great again. <laughs> Orange Julius was a standalone store, but now it's owned by Dairy Queen. Oh. Uh, yeah, remember in the mall back in the day? Orange Julius used to be where Christmas tree shop is. It was like a giant stand down there in front of Old Navy. That in the Crystal I mall. do not remember. And then it got moved mm. when Dairy Queen opened up near Liz. Dairy Queen. I only know it from the food court. Yeah. Shout out to Crystal Mall in uh, New, L- New London, Connecticut. R.I.P. Jeff Bezos, you rat bastard. <laughs> Someone told me recently, though, that it's not going to be made into an Amazon distribution center, but it no? has to be. The I whole fucking thing is empty. Yeah, it's the like whole so there's empty. nothing left. There's what, literally there, like, like hot topic left in out there. Out of, out of, like, the, out of like the 55 spots, there's like 16 things in there now. Yeah. It's a ghost mall now. Yeah, I know. It's sad. Done with, they like, are building an Amazon warehouse up in Plainfield. Yeah. It's just like the Warwick Mall. There was a Warwick Mall? Yeah, let's see. <laughs> see? Outdated business. Norwich Town Mall was wow. the one that I liked. Uh, BB Dairy. Dude, oh, BB Dairy. BB Dairy was amazing. You know where I'd go to BB Dairy for? What? The My Julius? next choice, baby. Oh. <laughs> Bring me that milkshake by Khalees. Oh, <laughs> I saw that on there, too, and I was like, like, uh, like I was as I was looking online, and I was like, oh, yeah, milkshake. I want a, I want a, a double song. dose of milkshakes as my second drink. <laughs> Yo, do you remember when this song came I was so young when this song came out. I... <laughs> Boom, boom, this I so I love this song. I have a playlist of all the Neptunes or Pharrell or, Ch- or Chad Hugo beats. It's a very long playlist. If you were to just listen to the tracks without vocals, you'd be like, "What the fuck is this strange atonal yeah. fucking club music?" Because if you listen to the like synth bass, it's like this chromatic craziness. It doesn't go to the same note every time. And it sounds so weird with the vocals, but like because it's on that heavy saw wave sound, you don't notice the pitch so much. It just yeah. sounds like it's like, yeah. it just kind of sits at the and bottom. That's Pharrell, yeah, that's Neptune's Pharrell and Chad Hugo made the beat for this song, uh-huh. um, and it's just it's it's so weird again. Like 
uh, I think it's a downbeat. I think of every third measure in the in the chorus, they do a little triangle tap. <laughs> but it's it's yeah. it sounds so yeah. crazy because the first time it happens, you're like, what? The f- that doesn't make any sense. And then you f- think you have the pattern down, and you think you know where it's coming, and it still like manages to fool you every time, yeah. even though you know like it comes on. Or I think it's beat two of the third beat of third measure. Um, anyway, great song. Uh, Khalees has other stuff, but this is like the one hit, and this is like. It's the one that brings the boys to the this yard. This is anyway. the anthem, man. This is like one of the biggest songs from like, yeah. our high school days, I guess. Came, yeah. I think it came out in 2004. Very sexual maybe. song. This song was. came out when I was a very young child, and I did yeah. not really understand very what it Very sexual, about. but also like all great like 60s and that sugar pop era. It's extremely sexual, but there's no... I don't think there's any cursing or, or any like actual explicit shit. In yeah, it. yeah. It's a little it's bit... It's all just in, in time. Double entendres and, and stuff. Yeah, right, right. Mm. Sultry and and weird and like f- disorienting yeah. and just <laughs> yeah because it has that kind of exotic quality. Yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> fucking weird. The boys are waiting. Right, everything is slightly out of tune. Like it's so crazy. Yeah, it's like microtonal guitar, yeah, for like real. sounding like yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's my second drink. I had a, I had some other options, but. I gotta go with my heart, and of course, if if I don't have milkshake with a meal, what's a meal anyway? Yeah. Also, well, if you've ever been to Denny's with Jeff, you know that the milkshake wow. is always a given. Oh order. my god, definitely is. <laughs> By the way, there are so many songs about coffee. Yeah. That, oh yeah. That I came up with while making this list. Yeah. It just yeah. that was the consistent, I think, drink choice. Yeah. For yeah. for like na- you know songs that were Adults. named after a drink. Yeah. 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 It was either coffee. like whiskey, tequila, or coffee. Yeah. I could. Yeah. Like. One more cup of coffee, Bob Dylan. Uh, yep. Uh, Black coffee. Black coffee by Humble Pie, yeah. the one I named. Just, uh, you know. All right, Mike, yeah. you have another drink. What's your um, drink? I am um, going to follow uh, kind of the trend that you took, Jeff, with a uh, strong performance by a female artist. And I'm going to go with the song Juice oh, by Lizzo. accomplished flautist oh. Lizzo. Nice choice. <laughs> Dude, I love when she blames it on her juice. Oh, I think it's great. I love it. I think it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, the the thing I like about this song too is like, um, you know, it, it's kind of like a, one of her breakout hits, you know. Yeah. But it's it's kind of like a self love kind of anthem too. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, like I, you know, blame it on the juice, man. Like you know, it's. Uh, and I and I love what she stands for, body positivity, mm-hmm. and you know, and she's got a set of pipes, and like I said before, mm-hmm. she is yeah. a, a very very good flautist. She's an incredible flute player. If you watch her NPR Tiny Desk concert, she uh, she breaks out the flute and hits you with some tasty yeah. Yaz flute. Good good uh, artist and good independent kind of artist as well because she writes her own stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I saw it. It was one of those moments where I think she was like. I was clicking through channels and maybe she was performing it on Ellen or something. I'd heard the song before, but the first time I saw her perform it and she's dancing with a crew of girls who are all um, larger girls and they're busting their ass, like yeah. dance. I'm saying dancing, capital letters, dancing Yeah, in like bodies, in like spandex body suits, like looking like club uh, studio 54 style. And it was, it was wild, man. They were great. And yeah. yeah, just an anthem would fit in with all the like Gloria Gaynor stuff, Donna Summer stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go, Lizzo. Blame it on the juice. Like it. Blame it on the juice. So, do you want to take a quick break, or should we just get into? 
We can keep going. We can take a break. Whatever. We can cruise through it. Yeah, let's cruise through. Let's cruise through. Oh, well, you got to put commercials in somewhere. Yeah, but, you know, we'll put commercials in after we finish the food. After we'll we digest. Back. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll All right, so a second, second half, let's uh, redraw our order. So same thing. Let's do ones and okay. twos. Shoot on three. One, One two, two, three. Mike's going first. Oh, now. numero uno. Tab- oh, how the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> right. One shot, shoot on three, rock, paper, scissors. One, One. two. Oh, oh Jeff. Let's do it again. Shoot was, on three. I was going, I was shoot going on three. for it anyway. One, two. Three. Oh, I was going for it. Shoot on three. One, One two, two, three. <laughs> Good God. Good and Rock God. smashes scissors. My goodness. All what right. a. Dude, NPR should cover rock, paper, scissors championships. <laughs> it should be in the Olympics. And yeah. T shoots. Rock. Welcome back to ESPN 10. We are in the World Series of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Shoot. Well, we can't say shoot anymore, but Rock, Paper, Scissors. Darn. Rock, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> draw. Uh, All right. So now, now comes the, the, main, the main course, the entree. Oh, the entree. So, Mike, what's your entree going to be? Um, I meal? selected, I'm going to have the fish. Oh. The band? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to go with uh, the band called The Damned. With their song "Fish" off of their 1977 album "Damned, Damned, Damned," Damn. Damn. Um, I I really like this song because it's just like I love that record. It's just Dave uh, Vanian is that his name? The lead singer, Dave Van, Van, Vanian. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last uh, name. He's just it. like just shouting the word "fish." It's just like, but it's so funny too because it's just like. It's like lyrical content wise. It's one of those things like it's like it's like most of the songs that are on here where it's like these kind of like sexual innuendos. Where, but that's also, what, you know what I mean? It's like talking about food, but it's alluding to like some sort of, you know, sexual thing, which is always which is always funny. But uh, uh, Cap- the singing for the damned is Captain Sensible. Oh, I thought it was Dave <laughs> Van Yang. Yeah, his name is Raymond Burns. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Raymond Burns was the lead guitar. I thought, well, I thought Sensible, Captain Sensible, was some respect. <laughs> vocals. Oh you're yeah, you're right, Dave Binion. The... Yeah, you're right. You're right, Captain. All Sensible the time in the series. He's the lead guitar player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Brian James is the other guitar player at the time. Um, I love the guitar solo in it. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah, this was an album that, like, uh, if you go back into the Get in the Garage archives, was one of the albums that Luke mm-hmm. assigned along with Sacrin Trust. Uh, as like a listening homework thing, we recorded two separate "Get in the Shed" episodes. Mm-hmm. But uh, after listening to this album, man, like I totally fell in love with this band, and um, and I thought, well, you know what, I uh, I do like a good seafood dish, so I figured I will go with the fish. Very so good. Hopefully, it doesn't Delicious. make me sick. Delectable. Right on. Delicious fish. Um, for my entree, I'm gonna go with one of my favorite songs. Again, another instrumental groove song. This is a cover of a James Brown song, and I'll be ordering the chicken by Jocko Pastorius. Oh. Um, so this is Jocko doing his and then the horns just funky awesome it's like eight minutes long it's uh it starts with this big like fanfare horn thing intro for a minute um but yeah the chicken just stone cold groove wearing his like war paint oh uh, quite po- quite possibly this the the version i like is from his it was a birthday party show for him and i think it was like at, in fort lauderdale florida which i believe is like kind of the area that he's from because i know he starts off the track saying I'd like to thank my mother <laughs> in like for naming I'm, me Jocko. I'm already fucking drunk as shit. I think his um, name's actually John. 
Jocko, I think, was a nickname. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'd like to thank my mother. And then he plays his fucking pants off. It's fuck, It's insane. Yeah, for those who like don't 16th know. 16th notes all over the place. There's a reason why Jocko is considered, is he's held in yeah. such high regard in like yeah. the bass player community. Uh, Fender J bass, fretless, rocking the flat wounds. Uh, just absolute monster, monster of a bass player. Hey, Coyote. So get, check check him out. Yeah, I, I like the I like the James Brown original, which was really like it was like James Brown with Pee Wee Ellison on sax, I think, on that cut. Um, but it's actually kind of like stiff in comparison to a lot of the James Brown stuff. It kind of sounds a little uh, disjointed, and the, the Jocko one is just like grooves smoothly the whole time. Mm, very nice. Luca? I will join Michael in uh, the punk rock England, and we are going to go for the entree. We're going to have some Chinese takeaway Oh, by The Addicts. Um, okay, okay. The Addicts are a band that I like, and this song is just, like, really fun. Um, it's like the chorus is just like, hey, hey, I want a Chinese takeaway. Hey, hey. Mm. Woo, woo, woo. Um, and the verse is uh, how he went to the chip shop and they didn't have any fish, and how he went to the burger shop and they didn't have any burgers, and so he's gonna get a Chinese takeaway. Nice, you know. And yeah. uh, I just, yeah, great and, song about food. And for those who don't know, in uh, in in Europe, it's not takeout; it's takeaway. So that's mm. why it's called takeaway, not. Oh, you put it in your boots. Thank out. you. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Chinese takeaway by the addicts. You drive your lorry off you drive the, back, I think back the, to your flat. I think <laughs> drive the lorry back to the flat. I think Take the, album, the lift up to your pad. <laughs> right. Oh, actually, now that God, you, interesting. Check the takeaway. You guys are talking about uh, about it. Have you seen what the addicts look like? No offense to our UK listeners, and we know you're listening. We uh, love, we the love addicts. You. We know you're listening. Wait. <laughs> the addicts. Right, mate. Why are you listening? Dress like. Oh, look like Clockwork Orange. Yeah, I don't know dre- why we always go Cockney. Like, they dress cockwork, uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh. So. Good lord, look at that. Yeah, the singer's name is Monkey. My, he look well. He looks like a mime. Yes, they're like mime Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Weirdness. A wee little baby. <laughs> I love like their first four records are all real solid. I just watched that the other day before it went off Netflix. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> oh, back on Netflix. Very random, but Thirty Rock is back on Netflix. Oh, very happy. Never take a hippie to a second location. Very happy. Yeah. Uh, very good. All right, so now we start. Now we do our sides, Mike. What do you want? What do you want paired with your fish? Um, I would like. Uh, I'm gonna ask you to pass the oh, peas. I knew, I knew someone would take this. Yeah, I was really, I was really, really banking hard to hope that I would get a good pick, so that way I could get past the peas. This is number one on my side. <laughs> yes, you off the 1972 album "Food for Thought." It's not the original JBs. No, not the original JBs. But, but still, Fred Wesley. Yeah, uh, and and uh, James Brown played organ on this track, which is great. And uh, yeah, this is another. I mean, the the whole album I really, really like. Mm. Uh, but obviously, the song itself, "Past the Peas," was just—it's uh, a fun tune, and I really enjoy it. And it's the JBs yeah. doing what they do best, man. Mm. You know, it's great, great, yeah. great, great track. Yeah. Who was the bass player for this? It was what's his name? I looked it up too, and I didn't write it down like a dummy. Mm. I can't quite remember. Bass player. Yeah, it's been a while since I went down the James Brown rabbit hole. It's it was been a while. Mo- couple months ago. <laughs> um, Hold on one second. I will. I, I will. I will get this information for us. Luca, yes, please look up. Look up the information for who the bass player is. The bass player for Past the Peas is Fred Thomas. Fred oh, Thomas. Right. That's yeah. right. Fred, don't want anybody to know you're in here. 
Yes. So past the peas yeah. is my side of choice to go with my fish. Fish Very and nice. peas. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the side of my large whole chicken, whole whole uh, we'll go broiled chicken. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna stick with the shit I like, man. Another two minute instrumental just can't be duplicated, can't be replicated. Uh, give me a side of green onions, Booker T and the MGs. Yeah. I hope you brought a breath mint, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, if if you don't know this song, stop this podcast right now and look up this song, and it'll remind you that it's featured in 50 movies you've seen yeah. and every oldies radio station you've ever listened to. It's like. It's just a per- it's a perfect song. It's one of my favorite rock and roll songs. It's like one of the most rock and roll songs of all time. Oh, and it, yeah. To the core. <laughs> it makes me want to smoke cigarettes yeah. and drink coffee outside. Yeah. It's so low key, it's but it's so groovy. Uh another one featured on the Sandlot soundtrack. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't it was in the Sandlot, yeah. Groovy yeah. song. Groovy yeah. groove. Green love onions. it. Love Luca, it. Luca, your first side? Oh, man. What's for dinner, Mom? It's Heinz Baked Beans oh, by The Who. See, I was, oh, I was thinking I about choosing that one, but I was like, is this even a song? <laughs> What's for tea, Mom? Was it recorded? Then it's a song. Yeah, What's, I guess so. What's for tea, darling? <laughs> Heinz Baked Beans. <laughs> <laughs> Not for nothing. I do love me some Heinz baked beans. Um, fun story. So the cover of the Who sellout has uh, singer Roger Daltrey in a tub of Heinz baked beans, <laughs> yeah. where he, it was so cold he almost got hypothermia sitting in it. That's how cold the beans were. It was just a giant can of cold beans in a warehouse, so they're taking photos. Oh my gosh! At least warm in them England. up. You imagine climbing in. That's a, a delicacy in England. <laughs> cold. cold as fuck baked beans. Ugh, good God. Oh, my, my favorite thing about this is the uh, Heinz Baked Beans uh, Corporation did not ask them to make this. No? <laughs> no. Did they get sued? Uh, they, today they would. They got, yeah. oh, they, yeah. there was some trouble, but I think it ended up being like, um, it, it was one of those deals where they were like, you can use it for advertising and yeah. whatever. And they were like, okay. And then it was kind of evened out. Yeah, it was, it was only gravy for Heinz, man. They sold a lot of that record. Who uh, Who's related to the Heinz but there dynasty? Was... Is it Sarah pa- isn't Sarah Palin related to the Heinz people? <laughs> I don't know. Who was it? Some some politicians related to the Heinz family. I don't know. But um... uh, It's uh, Mitt Romney's wife, I believe. Oh, right, 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 right. Thank you. I believe. I think so. <laughs> Unless it's not Mitt Romney himself, maybe. I don't know. Who it's definitely is a wife. The Who, though, they were yeah. able to release, I think, some of the advertisements they did because of those reasons. Mm. Like, they did one for um, Coca-Cola that was legit, but I think they did one for Jaguar cars that wasn't. Jaguar. So. Jaguar. Oh, is it John? John it's John Kerry's, Kerry's wife. wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. The more music, to... more music, more music. Teresa Hines is her name. <laughs> um. So for my second, second side, side, hold on a minute. Let me let me pull up my my down to the wire. My notes. Make it something. Um, good. I'm gonna have a side salad, delicious, and it's gonna be a rat salad <laughs> 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 from the uh, from from Jesus. the from the cult classic Paranoid Black Sabbath. Uh, it sits nicely between Hand of Doom and Jack the Stripper, um, and. Uh, it's just like a little instrumental it's song. It's a drum solo song. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I it's love it. Black like, Sabbath's Moby Dick. 
Yeah, yeah. He, Led Zeppelin has Moby Dick, and then <laughs> Black Sabbath has Rat Salad. Rat Dick. What, rat what, what's the dick. cream one called? Oh, uh, Toad. Toad, yeah. <laughs> toad. Welcome to cream. Yeah. Uh, so delicious. Delicious. Do you it's, keep the tails or are you? Do, oh, pfft, the mean, tails is the best part. <laughs> it's like it's like when you get whole belly clams. <laughs> do you tails last or tails Tail. first? <laughs> uh, it depends on how I'm feeling that day. I like it, it has like a nice uh, nutty finish. I know. So, I like, won't. It's got some good crunch. I won't eat rat salad without Caesar dressing, though. Mm. So, oh, you're a Caesar guy on rat salad. Yes, on rat salad. Absolutely. See, I'm not. I, I can't do Caesar French, on the rat you need, salad. French, yeah, you need the sugar to yeah, help yeah. cut the grossness. I throw on some ratatouille and I eat rat salad with French dressing, <laughs> and I imagine, I, and I imagine myself. Uh, Disgusting. You know, oh, it's just so delicious. French delicious. dressing, so delicious. Uh, you got to be careful though. You might get, you know, you might get the plague. <laughs> you got to boil the rat well. French dressing might be the worst salad dressing, in my opinion. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's what I used to eat the most as a child because I wouldn't want the vinegar stuff. I just wanted the sugar shit. Yeah. And now, if I were to try French dressing, I might throw up. Yeah, like, I saw a nice recipe. Imagine to, putting uh, Thousand Island dressing on a salad right now. Eat at two. least Thousand Island has like some of that mayonnaise and like some seasoning. French dressing is like just that's like ketchup. Do you think they eat French dressing in France though? No. The, you know what I'm trying to There's say? No I think way. that's like that's like it's like American. It's American creme fraiche. I think is it's supposed to be replicating. I like oh, how we. Oh, I, I believe. I feel like America is just like keeps shitting on the French with our food. We're just like French fries, French fries. French dressing. <laughs> yeah, and they're in France. Like we don't eat do any of these. <laughs> baguette, just baguette, coffee and cigarettes, coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> exactly. It's a well-balanced mm, rat meal. salad. Delicious. Shout out to what our do French you, what do you have for a side there? Um, so my second side, I had some choices, but I'm gonna stick with making my meal both musically pleasing and um, tastefully pleasing. And I'm going to get one of my favorite sides, Cornbread oh, by Lee Morgan. Lee Morgan, yeah. Which is just uh, mid-late mid, six, mid late 60s, uh, f- kind of that soul jazz. It's like past a hard bop. Excuse me, it's jazz soul. Sorry, jazz soul. Um, and it, it just sounds like if it sounds like if you took out the kind of like solo-ish like lead trumpet, and you just put like the fucking temptations over it, like it'd be a hit. You know, it's just one of those kind of songs. Um, and Lee Morgan is one of my favorite trumpet players, so just a uh, shout out to him and shout out to Cornbread because I'll have fucking five pieces if there's cornbread. Oh, dude, Jade makes the best cornbread. Cornbread, prove good. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's cream corn. That's the key. Oh uh, yeah. You put cream corn in the cornbread recipe. Cornbread mm. can be pretty bad though. You ever a bad cornbread? Like, like dry cornbread? Oh, I'm not a fan of yeah. dry cornbread. I'll still eat dry. I, just mix in some chili or something. Like well, that's you... why you put in the cream corn, because the cream corn keeps it nice and moist. Although yeah. there is the opposite, which is the cornbread's too wet. There I... is it, it can go the other direction. I, I'll eat it more cakey than dry. I, I like it more ca- I'll yeah, eat, yeah, yeah. I'll eat it more like cakey yeah. than that, as opposed to cakey being, cornbread. being dry. Put like three more eggs in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very rich. Mm-hmm. Very rich. <laughs> at Roy's at Roy's mm. baby shower, they they had cornbread and they ordered food for let's say it was like 30, 35 people. And I went back for <laughs> went back for thirds and there was still half the cornbread. I'm like two more pieces, I guess. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I'm going to get Jeff a cake for his birthday, but it's going to be corn cake. Cornbread. Can it, be, it needs to be half corn. Cornbread on top. 
Oh no, cornbread on bottom, mm. ice cream cake on top. It's oh. so disgusting. <laughs> a la mode. <laughs> so that way it kind of drips into the cornbread. Ugh, Delicious. God. You know, I bet that wouldn't be that bad though. No, I'm telling you. If it's a vanilla, it has to be like vanilla right, ice cream. Right, you're right. not gonna go. You're not no gonna throw chocolate. a rocky road no, no, on top no. of that thing. No. You know what I mean? No. Too heavy. <laughs> Too heavy. And warm, warm yeah. cornbread. A slab of vanilla ice cream on top. Mm-hmm. Delicious. <laughs> Starch and dairy. Oh, it's been a long time since I watched Jeff eat till I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I we we do, <laughs> the last couple of things with the cover band. There's been Ooh. like food provided, and they all look at me and they're like, "You're fucking," because I just I'll have like seven pieces of cake. <laughs> I watched Jeff eat a pint of ice cream and then like 10 deep fried mm, Oreos one time. Delicious. Oh, and then you forgot the 12 s'mores. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot oh, the s'mores. My God. <laughs> it's so gross. How he doesn't just topple over in a diabetic shock <laughs> is, a, is, a, is, is amazing. Oh, God. I'm getting hungry just talking about well, it. What we got here? <laughs> delicious. All right, you got your last side. Right, it's, oh, it's my last side? Yes. Oh, man. I'm going to go for the, what I believe is like the side of all sides. We're going to be doing the mashed potato with D.D. Oh, Sharp. Okay, oh. nice. Classic. Uh, yeah, the actual name of the song is, uh, what is it? Uh, mashed Potato Time by D.D. Sharp. Um, James Brown has like the mashed potato song. Yeah. Um, but I like D.D. Sharp's because it's like really – it's a, it's such like a style of music and it's such like a time like a, a moment in time. Yeah. Um it's like What year is this? It was a moment in potato time. They 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 use the potato clock. I think it's 63. 62. It's 62. Okay. 62. Right when all the dance craze and yeah. like kids are actually the being kids potato. now for the first time and yeah. dancing and stuff. You mean listening to the devil's music? <laughs> the devil. <laughs> the devil's music. Mashed yeah. potatoes. Satan had some jams, man. He did. Can have you? Some can you? Sh- what is the mashed potato? As the dance? Isn't that the one where you kind of like? Oh, Mash- that's the mashed potato. Yeah, because you're it's, mashing the. Potatoes. Oh, it's kind of that. Oh, pe- see, I that thought peanut it was the, style. I thought it was the footwork. I thought it was the like the the doing like the. Oh no! Let's let's no, do some research. Mashed, I believe mashed potatoes yeah, is your hands because you're mashing the potatoes. Oh, I'm well. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of the twist. Because the yeah. twist it's kinda, is. It's kind of like pre-hand jive. Yeah. Or like post hand drive? Po- I don't know. Well, let's see. How to do the mashed potato. I always thought the mashed potato was like, you know, just kind of like this. Mashing. Just thing. The mashing. We're going to say potatoes. it's up to interpretation. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess it's loose. Uh, like my, loose like, mashed. You know what dance I always never know how to do? Wait, what is the Watusi? Oh. That one always like. I do think the, the Watusi is this, is this one where you're throwing your hands yes. over your shoulder. Like that? Yeah. Ooh, they I'm used to have cool dances back then. Now it's like oh, the, I'm seeing this as a mashed potato, kind of a. Oh, it's a foot dance. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, like I a, thought it was a foot. That's what I'm saying. It's a twisty, and you put a foot out every now and then, like the, like the <laughs> fucking. Oh, look at that little. Oh, okay. The, like the hokey pokey kind. Yeah, of. it's like yeah. that. It's like that James Brown, like when but he I, swings I, his foot I out. I believe you with the hand motions. I always thought it was mixed with Oh, that. we could look up the iconic video, James Brown Gives You Dancing Lessons, in which James Brown wears flared-out khaki pants, a, a vest... This is how you dance. A vest T-shirt <laughs> zippered down to his belly button. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I mean, shout, shout. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. look, at, look at those moves. Oh, so you're, you're, it's like you're mashing the potatoes yeah. at your feet. He's probably like fucking 48 years old in this video, too. 
I mean, look at the moves, though. And he's built like a fucking linebacker. Yeah, man. Oh, oh look at that guy. So oh, loose, okay. though. Rubber look at those legs. legs. My God, Good like spaghetti God. legs. I mean, the footwork is just out of this world. We really need to start incorporating video. And to do, I mean, to do all this on fucking crack, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how else do you think he may? I bet you I could dance like that if I was smoking rocks, too. Fuck. Dude, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. Good Lord, it is. Um, all right, so shall nice we move on? Time. It's time to, to, um, Let's to get satisfy to the, those, the, the sweet tooth. Uh, I'm gonna uh, go. We only get one choice too. Oh, I mean, God. I have second. I have a second choice for my. We might do a bonus. We'll, yeah, we'll we see can do bonus. Our honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not stuffed. We can yet. do another drink too if you guys are. If you guys are feeling <laughs> I'm it. I'm not stuffed. If you guys want to keep the keep the train rolling, we can do another drink order too. I don't know if I have another drink order, but I mean, I, we'll, I, we'll I roll got with some. it. Um. So the the for my for my final selection as my dessert, I'm going to go with the song. Custard pie off of wow. the 1975 physical graffiti Led Zeppelin, baby. I uh, love this song. Robert Plant honking on a bobo on the harmonica. Uh, and you have uh, John Paul Jones just killing it on the clavinet, too. I love it. It's got kind of like that, like, you know, the crunch on Houses of the Holy. It's got that yeah. kind of a feel to it. Um, yeah, I just love it, man. I just love I, I love this song. Right on. So, custard pie. Custard. Cus- custard pie. All right. I had, I had some options. I'm going to go with both taste and musical and physical taste. Um, I'm calling up the ice cream man, Van Halen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm your ice cream man, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard this song, and I was like 14, 15, and it's acoustic guitar and Diamond Dave singing for probably like a minute, a minute and a half. And then it just does these it just comes in hotter hotter than hot. Um and yeah, just ripping blues and just uh, you know, ice cream sexual double entendres. Yes. It's it's like it's food sexual double entendre, fifties doo wop and uh cocaine rock and roll. And if anybody knows me, like ice cream is one of my favorite things. I had a I ate, I ate a pint yesterday. <laughs> it was <laughs> what it was, was it? It was two half pints, I should say. So well, I mean, because it was imagine. a half pint of uh, mint chocolate chip and a half pint of triple chocolate. Ooh! And I'm I'm uh, eating this brand that's it's all it's uh, lactose free and sugar free. Is it the Halo? It's not Halo. It's called. Maybe it's called like Rebel or something. Ooh, it's good though. Yeah. Favorite Delicious. ice cream flavors, real fast. Favorite ice cream flavors, Michael. Uh, give me a second. You guys pick because I have to think about this. C- one. Coffee. I'm going coffee because I'm a coffee addict. It's my favorite ice cream flavor. Yeah, if we're going, I mean, if we're going simple, simple, just straight flavor. Like the darkest chocolate that can be. Okay. Like forbidden chocolate or black forbidden. chocolate or whatever. Too much <laughs> the forbidden fruit. It's too much for me, but yeah, yeah. Um, it I, is. It is a lot. Like on a hot day, it's. It makes your mouth all like chalky. <laughs> yes, it does. Because so coffee would be my number one. But if I'm like at the firing squad and they say you can have one thing, I'm getting dark. But chocolate. when you have that super dark chocolate, like if you have a couple bites and then have like the coldest water, oh, so oh, refreshing. Oh yeah, it is refreshing. Very strange. Um, I mean, if I have to, if I have to pick single flavor, yeah, strawberry. Oh, I love a strawberry. I love that. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. Shout out to Rebel. Yeah. No sugar. Nice. 
high fat content. We should try to good. see if they can uh, sponsor the podcast. <laughs> we should. Rebel ice cream. It's delicious. Rebel ice cream. Rebel ice cream. Rebel ice cream. Not a. Yeah. Can you think of a tagline? Uh, you know, I don't know. Fight the power. It's Rebel Ice Cream. <laughs> Rebel Ice Cream. Because has, you have a cause. Fight, fight Big Dairy. <laughs> oh, fight Big... Mm. Rebel Ice Cream. Because Dairy has a cause. <laughs> dairy without a cause? Dairy without a cause. Because they're sad cows. Oh, God. All right. Is that... Uh, What's your dessert? Yeah, my your dessert. dessert. It's my your, dessert. Your dessert, dessert time. Go. I'm going to go... Uh, Luke's I'm gonna time. serve us another pie here. We're gonna go country pie. Oh, oh. I was waiting to see if you were gonna buy Bob one. Dylan. Um, I love country this. Pie. I love this song because he sings in that weird crooner voice from Nashville skyline. Um, I also love the rhyming of pies: strawberry, raspberry, lemon, and lime. Yeah, <laughs> baby, what do I care? <laughs> Blueberry, cherry, apple, pumpkin, and plum. Call me for dinner, honey. I'll be there. Um, yeah. I just love that. Delicious. So weird. Yeah. Uh, do we have extra desserts? We have bonus rounds here. I, um, I, I, I found, we can do another drink and another dessert. I found well. a really, really funny song that I was telling Luke about. That's a Louis Armstrong song called Cheesecake. Have you heard that song? He's like, my baby loves cheesecake, cheesecake. I have, yeah, cheesecake, that, that's cheesecake. like he did vocals too. That's like an old uh, jazz song. Yeah, yeah. But I found that and I was too. like, it just made me chuckle. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. There's literally no more to the song aside from him yeah. just shouting how much his baby loves cheesecake. I played the song Cheesecake in middle school jazz band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to Cheesecake. Uh, my, probably my favorite dessert. My It's one of my least Ooh, favorites. Really? Yep. That uh, doesn't do it for me in the, any love, any capacity. Love one cheesecake. type of cheesecake, what are you going with? Oh, plain. No classic. No New York. caramel uh, or chocolate or strawberry. Strawberry on top. Strawberry on top. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's classic, classic New York cheesecake with a strawberry on top. No, I, no strawberry drizzle. Just the st- fruit. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, you I want the drizzle. I want the. I want, yeah, I want the. Sir- <laughs> I want the syrupy, like candied style. Give me that corn syrup. Yeah. Oh, it's so delicious. But I, yeah. I, you know what it is? It's like I love the. I love the balance between the sweet and the sour, mm. like the bitter that the cheesecake gives. Uh, the cream cheese and the mm. cheesecake gives. Uh, Do you like yeah. a pie more pie crust or more crumbly crust? Oh, oh! I'm a crumbly crust guy. Yeah, I think Graham I have to go crumbly yeah. crust. My mother makes a. Mm. Cr- and you have to go. You have to go original. That's how you tell how a cheesecake is good. Right. That's the thing. Original. You know, you get. You, I mean, you swirl all the good yeah, stuff. It's like you go, simple. You go to Cheesecake Factory. Too much tuna. It's like I don't need not enough. To give oh my god! Off. I don't need like a mud pie caramel mm. whatever caramel cheesecake. turtle. I'm not saying <laughs> that that's not good. Yeah. It doesn't have its time and place, but it's too rich. The dairy, yeah. the 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 richness of cheesecake, and it's already so heavy. I mm. think that the classic cheesecake can really stand alone. On mm. its own, with with a little bit of strawberry, you got to get that sweet, sort of fruity, acidic kind of thing to cut through it. But uh, cheesecake all day, baby, all mm. day. New York, New York cheesecake. Wow. I mean, if we're going to bonus uh, from one of the funkiest group of white Scottish guys ever, the Average White Band, do a song called "Cut the Cake." Oh yeah, which is just uh, ripping late seventies f- funk record that I didn't even. I know the name is the Average White Band. I didn't know that they were Scottish dudes until like a year ago. Yeah. yeah, I just thought they were like um, Casey and the Sunshine Band or something yeah, like yeah. that, and they're like straight up like look like coal workers from <laughs> deep deep in the country. We play the instruments, and they're nasty, nasty band. James yeah. Brown band. was so offended by that name uh, <laughs> that he started a group called the Above Average Black, Black Band. band. <laughs> <laughs> they're one of the most sampled bands of all time. Average white band. Yeah. yeah. 
in like mid to late eighties. I, I do love the especially. logo, how the W's is like the butt cheeks. The butt cheeks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Uh bonus so dessert good. here. Uh savory truffle by uh the Beatles. Oh. George Harrison. Savoy truffle? Yeah, whatever. Oh. Savoy yeah, that's what it is. Sa- I yeah. said savory. You said savory. Savoy truffle. Savoy. A truffle. Delicious. That's that's like the dance hall piano Paul McCartney song? Uh, no, it's a George, That's a George Harrison. Harrison song. Oh, George, what am I thinking? Of? That was uh, on the White Album. You're right? thinking Martha, my dear, maybe mm. Martha. Yeah, Savory Truffle is uh, yeah, or it's Savoy on, Truffle. It's I'm on using Truffle. Savory. Yeah, it's on the White Album. It's yeah, a, remember because I I picked that on the album drive. Yes. It's uh, way at the bottom, and yeah, it's, yeah. uh was written for Eric Clapton for his uh like Sweet Tooth because George Harrison was friends with him and he like. Uh, his sweet tooth he was for, friends for with cocaine. Him. Yeah, well, he would like bring when he would like visit Eric Clapton. He'd bring him chocolate, and so that's why yeah. he like wrote this song about like bringing Eric Clapton chocolate. And, yeah, like, they, they're they, like for it. They remain friends though. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of Honey Pie, which is a song before. Oh, Honey Pie. Right. Soundway Truffle comes after. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I can throw another shout out just in just for um for sides like my backup side, um Booker T and the MGs. My Sweet Potato, mm, which I, like I do that love that song. It's cool because I, I like how, like, I think I, from what I saw, this is the first Booker T and the MGs album where uh, Duck Dunn plays bass on every single track. Right. Um, but I like this song, too, because, um, you know, Booker T normally is, uh, like, you know, he's, he's, he's rocking the organ. I like this song because he plays pretty much all piano on it. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And who doesn't love sweet potatoes? I love sweet potatoes. If I have the choice between regular fries and sweet potato fries, I almost always go for the sweet potato fries. I have I think a they're rich in iron. Oh, I have a <laughs> dessert and drink song. Okay. So together. Uh, together. Oh. I'm gonna go with RC Cola and a Moon Pie oh. by NRBQ. Oh, um, the Q! Shouting out two New England favorites, the Moon Pie and RC Cola, which are like regional. I believe to this area. I don't think it's uh, the rest of the country really knows the uh, the true uh, the true wonders of an RC cola and a moon pie mixed together. But uh, Ugh, that sounds oh, it's rough. so good, dude! I've been buying moon pies from the dollar store like all week. Oh my god, <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> they have mini moon pies. Oh, do they? Yes, they're aren't so those seasonal? Good. What there's there's no, a moon, um... moon pies are year <laughs> they're year round. They're they're in season. <laughs> All year Does round. Have marshmallow in them? Yeah, a moon yeah. pie is uh, it's like it's like a cracker mm-hmm. with marshmallow in the middle, covered with chocolate. Yeah, it's kind of like s'mores. It's yeah, it's like a s'more. It's like yeah, a s'more. Yeah. But see, yeah, I thought that it, those were seasonal. I thought moon pies were seasonal. No, I man. thought they were only released because of the because of the way that they're uh, 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 transported. Every season is moon pie season. Yeah, man. Moon and pie. if if I'm gonna make another bonus, let's hear it. Um, Give me another drink order. One of the best songs that is like deeply dark kind of like subject matter that's all treated like, haha, this is a joke. The Pina Colada song, Escape by Rupert Holmes. Yo, that song? <laughs> Fucking crazy. Like, one of the best drum intros. Yacht Rock to the Max. Yacht Rock to the Max. And it's just like, oh, Oh silly! We're both trying to cheat on each other, and we found out that you're the one that I'm trying to cheat on my wife with, and you're actually my wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ha ha ha! And, and they both laugh and share a drink. My it's mother, like, that's what people were like when they were on fucking Quaaludes in oh 1979, and they're just like, oh fuck it, whatever. Yo, like my mom does find this song romantic. She was like, isn't this romantic? We're like, no, mom, this is not this romantic. This is emotional abuse. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is not. No, it's not as romantic as you think. 
But it makes it sound so happy. Yeah, I know. It makes it sound so happy. That's Yacht Rock, man. Oh, my God. Real quick as a side note, there's an annual RC Cola and Moon Pie Festival celebrated in Bell Buckle, Tennessee. Oh, Oh. God, make a trip. And there's a Moon Pie eating contest, Jeff. You know, there you go. So this might be held in Bessemer, Alabama. It's actually a southern southern thing, thing. not a northern thing. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, There was a famous interview. uh, They asked a Kentucky coal miner what kind of snack he would like to eat. The miner requested something with graham cracker and marshmallow. And thus we have the Chattanooga Bakery produced the moon pie. See, that does make sense because NRBQ, uh, though a very famous Connecticut band, was founded in Kentucky. Mm. Were they? Yes. The Q. All right. So as your as your uh, as your let me make sure that your order is correct. I'm gonna read them down. Um, Luke, you're starting off with coconut by Harry Nielsen, pairing it with some coffee and cigarettes by Otis Redding, <laughs> following that up with cucumber castle by the Bee Gees, and your second drink is an or- a strawberry Julius by Bikini Kill. Um, your main course is Chinese takeaway by the Addicts. Uh, sides of Heinz baked beans by the Who and mashed potato time by Dee Dee Sharp. Your dessert is a country pie by Bob Dylan, and you are having Savoy truffle because you are a hungry boy by the Beatles, <laughs> and you're also having an RC cola and a moon pie to finish it off. Finish it off. Defin- wash it all down. Um, Mike, you put in an appetizer. Oh, starting off spicy. They're red hot by Robert Johnson. And you are having some coconut water to cool it down by Desmond Decker and the Aces. Something light, some soup by Blind Melon and Juice by Lizzo. Your main course is Fish by The Damned. Past the Peas as the side by the JBs. And mm, some delicious rat salad by Black Sabbath. <laughs> it's a delicacy. Have some respect for the French Delicacy culture. in Birmingham. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what are you going to do? All those steel mill <laughs> workers are just eating rats. Gotta eat, gotta eat something. Gotta eat something. Your dessert is a custard pie by Led Zeppelin. And you're having also a second dessert, but cheesecake by Louis Armstrong. Cheesecake. And you're you're finishing it with another side because you're just you're carbo loading. You got off your 4 a.m. shift. You're having My Sweet Potato by Booker, G's and the, mm, Booker T. Delicious. The um, I'm starting off with Watermelon Man by Mongo Santa Maria. And I'm having a... Neat Tequila by The Champs. My appetizer is the Szechuan Dumplings from Mr. Chow's featured in Glamour Profession by Steely Dan. And I'm having a double-dose coffee milkshake by Khalees. Mm-hmm. My main course is The Chicken by Jaco Pastorius, side of Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs, another side of Cornbread by Lee Morgan. My dessert I'm ordering from The Ice Cream Man by Van Halen. I have a second dessert because I got to cut the cake by average white band. And my last drink of the night, right before I go off to cheat on my wife, is Escape the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, so are you hungry? It. Talk about all those things. Oh, my goodness. And Musical go figure. Meals. We do the we're doing the food episode. And today's the day that I did not go to the bakery. I know. And, and well, it's probably better because we would have eaten all of them. Yeah, I definitely would have. Delicious. Um, what so, a meal. do you want to take a quick break and we'll come back? Um, we'll do some grab bag stuff. We'll talk about some things. Yeah, we'll talk about some things. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll uh, take a quick commercial break. I have to pee. And we'll be we'll be right back. I've got I've got to pee. We'll be right back. Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes. 
you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, in that movie. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the ad read. Um, we just finished up our Food for Thought Rebel segment. Chocolate. Rebel, cho- Rebel, Rebel Chocolate. Dairy Without a Cause. <laughs> Uh, fight big, fight big dairy. Um, so we recently, I think last episode, we touched on the Woodstock 99 documentary, uh, and we kind of wanted to talk about it just a touch, uh, on this episode. We didn't want to spend like an entire episode on it because we thought the episode would probably be a bit of a drag if we talked about Mm. it for the entire episode. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it's pretty shocking to watch. And you can watch it on HBO. Yes. And I think on Hulu soon. It's produced by Ringer Films. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's what, shocking. What a show. I mean, the piece Well-made wall. documentary. And... Yeah, definitely a well-made documentary. I think we touched on it last week how, you know, the thing that I liked about the documentary, too, was talking about how, like, you know, like Woodstock 99, or 69, rather, like the film that accompanied it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of gave the sort of, like, romanticized version of the festival, even though... It was a nightmare. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah, man, the brown acid, you know, kind of got to everybody. And like no food, and it rained for three straight days. And yeah, and they had to like call in the National Guard yeah. and, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, but Woodstock 99, um, it, it was like, I think, Jeff, you and I were talking about the documentary in a way that it was kind of like an accidental comedy. In oh, the yeah. way that, like, you're watching it, and there's just so much, like, foreshadowing. They set it up perfectly. And, like, yeah, because, like, even when, like, yeah. all the when they're all coming in, they're like, oh. no spoil. Let's not spoilers as much as we can. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Basically, anytime that's brought up where you think, oh, this could end in calamity, I assure you it does. <laughs> <laughs> Calamity's a good word. Anytime they're it's... like, oh, we had this great idea to do this great thing, that thing will be burned to the ground by the end of the documentary. The thing I, the thing I think is the funniest, though, is like... You James can... Brown opening? <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yes. what the fuck? Yeah. The thing... The, the cra- lineup for 99 is insane. Like, James Brown opens, and then, like, later, you know, a yeah. set from Limp Bizkit? Yeah. You know, Cheryl Crow followed by Rage Against Machine or something. No, <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's Alanis Cheryl, Morissette. Alanis Morissette, Limp, Limp Biscuit, Rage, Rage Against, Against the Machine, Machine Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. And like, we're, Jade and I are watching it. I'm like, yeah, no shit. There was a fucking riot. Like, look yeah. at the lineup. This is like you enclosed a bunch of 25 year old, angry, middle class white dudes in surrounded in a two mile wall and played some yeah. of the angriest music ever created it didn't give them water and didn't give them water well no listen we gave you water it's just four dollars a bottle yeah or in 1999 you could, which is nine dollars a bottle or drink it out of a trough you fucking, that someone's like, bathing like, in already cattle <laughs> like they're just lining up into the watering trough yeah can i ask you guys like yeah. after watching that and yeah. seeing like the large crowd obviously we know everybody rioted we don't really want to give spoilers because yeah. i i think everybody should really watch it but yeah, um yeah. Um, and also, before we go any further in this conversation, um, there was horrible, horrible sexual assaults that happened at that festival, yeah. Yeah. and um, those are really bad. And 
I just would like to point out that that is not something that we think is okay or cool or no. whatever. No, um, it's a main part that's made in the movie. Yeah, too. It, it's yeah, it's. Yeah. I think one of the main focuses of that documentary. You're right, and um, it's just something I didn't want to pass over without being right. like, we definitely noticed it, and it was disgusting, and mm-hmm. um, all those good things. But anyway. So speaking of like this festival, like, did you guys feel like, cause I'm like a bit weary about like maybe going in a large crowd afterwards. Like we're going to go see a kiss concert later. There's going to be people in the lawn. I'm like my brain set, my mindset of like being in those like mm-hmm. big things is going to be way different from now on after seeing that documentary. Well, cause you see how, like how bad it can go, you know? Yeah. I mean, so this Woodstock 99 like it's it's uh contemporary to my adolescence because I was eleven when the festival happened. So I remember in real time like seeing the MTV um like yeah. news, you know, video footage of things and at the time in nineteen ninety nine it was kind of like that shocking craziness, kind of that Jerry Springer thing where it's both entertaining but also awful and you saw like all the anger and all the rage and all the like nastiness of it all and I think that is very particular to that time and place so like it doesn't really make me that nervous about crowds however that festival was clearly like set up to be a money grab and it was targeted to have bands that enticed 22 year old white guys to attend so I personally I would never want to go to a show that like aims for that demographic anyway yeah because that's that's how I feel how that's how I've always felt since the Woodstock 99 era like when I even when I liked or you know kind of like bands like Corn and stuff like that I was never wanting to go to those shows because I saw the fucking footage of like people getting punched in the face and like trampled yeah. on and shit and like I I would go to metal shows and stuff like that in high school and college and all that but yeah but see I watched that though scary. and that to me is not a metal show like for me it's not a metal because no. if you go to like a real metal show right, right. it's like if you, you mosh people, yeah, people pick each other up. Right. Like people are taking care of each other, and most of like the metalheads, and I'm talking like kind of like the stereotype of like the long haired like Judas Priest loving, you know, Iron Maiden loving metalhead. Most of them are like super like kind of like low key like timid people who right. like kind of get their aggression out that way like through like heavy metal and moshing. This was. This is different. This was this like, is like this was like spring break on fucking ecstasy. Bath salts. Like, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was it was really bad. And and the thing is, is like it just shows you kind of how like the mob mentality, yeah, like the hive mentality thing. Because even when they're like destroying the peace wall, there's like I think a quick scene where they're like interviewing a guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I guess we're just. I guess we're doing this. I now. guess we're just destroying this peace wall. Yeah. And it's so sad too because like, you know, like they um they brought in like all these local artists and everybody to like build this wall to kind of be like this sort of monument of like peace and unity across but, like but generations like and cultures the, in the documentary that when they're talking about that peace wall the guy goes is that a, is a wall a great metaphor for peace yeah Right. Well, right, right. Well, and the irony that it's a peace wall and it was like one of the most destructive fucking events like to date, you know. Yeah. I think the shocking thing when you watch it, and I think there, I think it's either John, I think it's Jonathan Davis when they're interviewing him, the lead singer of Corn, when he's like, to, he's explaining like, so you had the sound system on the stage, and then you had two other sets of right. like PA systems, and there was like the delay of sound mm-hmm. and how you could actually see it's literally just like a wave of people because like everyone's reaction reacting like 
milliseconds like off and stuff. But I mean, you know, the 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 funniest, not the funniest, but like the the kind of like, oh yeah, no shit, it went south. Moment is when they're talking about how when Limp Biscuit takes the stage, <laughs> the bass player comes up with both middle his middle fingers finger up, and you're like. Oh, this is this is what the times were, man. Yeah. Like it was like this sort of like directionless, angry, like twenty something year old, you know, white dudes who like felt like they didn't have a cause, and to- it was it's. I mean, it was totally it was totally a money grab, man. So one more thing, I just want to like maybe like kind of moving away from the the action documentary itself, but um. Moby, like in that documentary, talks. oh, I felt so bad for Moby. The I didn't feel bad time. for Moby at all. No, he knew he was getting to. Um, <laughs> you sign a contract, you see the other people that are fucking on the bill. Yeah, yeah. man, like yeah, I, I don't feel right. bad for Moby. Right. Also, Moby was a joke in an Eminem lyric at that time. You know what I mean? Moby, you get stoned by Obi. So, like in the in the pop culture, just where where we were, but yeah, um. Right. Moby talks about um, how being in uh, rooms, like um, venues like that, right, around right. You, you feel the air shift. And I oh, yeah. definitely felt those moments in those venues. Um, and I thought like that was really interesting, too, because I was like, if you're around, because like we've I've played in a lot of venues in my life and I've played in a lot of venues where things were starting to go kind of bad. You know what I mean? Sorry, microphone adjustment here. And um, so like when it goes sideways and that was one of the like things I related to most of that documentary I was like oh yeah. I have so been to that show where you're like I gotta we gotta leave now we gotta yeah, get out of here now get the fuck out of here because that's what happened with yeah. his set he's like or we, you've been like, to I a, looked at my band members and we all nodded and we're like let's get the fuck out of here or you and ever been to a you, you're at a party and like it's just like it's like that one more round of drinks hits everybody yeah. and you're just like oh no oh no we gotta go yeah and watching this at the time, because I definitely was watching MTV that weekend and then seeing the footage, and you could see what the crowd was like. But I think it's watching a two-hour documentary where they're like showing multiple camera angles that you really get a true sense of like, oh, this really was like eighty percent male probably and like ninety-five percent white. Yeah. So meaning the cross section is like seventy-five percent white guys who are just like raging the fuck out wasted and angry and listening to music that makes them want to punch people and burn things and it's oh they talk about it too though is like uh uh uh, a beer was the same price as a water right so what do you think people are gonna go of course they're gonna go for beer you know what i mean it's a festival for crying out loud like unfortunately the 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 festival culture kind of revolves around drug use uh and where woodstock 69 was more heavy on like the psychedelics 99 was clearly more of like the aggressive alcohol driven fucking like raging out you know kind of thing um but yeah it was just incredibly sad and the thing i I, the thing that i you know it kind of like clicked in my head i mean we're you know like not to keep it you know grim kind of topic but like when they're talking about the sexual assaults and stuff i think they what they did well in the documentary is being like look this is the girls gone wild generation I mean, like, let's be real. I mean, I, I'm sure the three of us at one point or another had fallen asleep with the television on and then woke right. up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning to, like, a Girls Gone Wild promo. And they're talking about how the fact that because of the way that, like, the popular culture was, it kind of – it wasn't empowering for women back then. It was very much just kind of like the way that you seek validation is through, like, your your – like, you know what I mean? Like, your worth is determined by, like, your looks and and, and all that stuff. And, I mean, even to the point where, like, they're literally shouting, show your tits at Sheryl Crow. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's like, 
Yeah, there was you know such I mean? a lack of like, such a lack of fuck, respect man. and decency and like all the things that people romanticized and thought about the original Woodstock, peace, love, music. It yeah. was like there was no peace, there was no love. And yeah. the music was fueling the anger and the fucking violence and the Yeah, there, this was not sexual liberation no. by any means. This was this had it had gone dark. Yeah, and I'm glad that bad. they didn't I'm glad that they kind of, you know, handled things I think properly and gave things their weight and time, but it wasn't a whole documentary focused on one thing. They did, they touched on all the aspects of the festival, but I think the the truth of the festival was, it was just a disaster planning and execution. And there were a lot of people that went there who were like, you know, graduating high school, graduating college. And then they're like, well, you know, I, I've been to a show before and I wanted to try crowd surfing and then like all their clothes are getting ripped off them and they're getting like, yeah, like felt up is the least amount that people oh, experience. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, it was, it was in the late nineties. Like we think that it was yesterday, you know, cause time has a strange way, but it was over 20 years ago and it's, I think it's nice to see how far things have come, have come since then. Oh, for sure. Cause there's no way, there's no way a festival on this scale could ever be like this ever again. No, it's why they tried to do the fifty two two years ago, and yeah. we like almost, weeks out, we, we, we almost all went to those too. Yeah. Yeah. and they were like, yeah. "Yeah, we cancel it." And it's like, yeah, because they probably could, they were trying to split the difference between the original Woodstock and ninety nine, and they realized like. Now this is always going to be a nightmare. Yeah, can you yeah. imagine? We almost, we definitely, yeah, the three yeah, of us talked about go because we were like, "It's our wood. We gotta go." And it got yeah. canceled in like April. It was yeah. supposed to be in July. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and it's you can. You, the thing that gets me is uh, who are the two promoters? It's the uh, it's Michael Lang, it's Michael Lang, and then the other one. That, oh, and the other guy was such a jackass. Oh, he was such a dick the whole time. Because they have though. even they the have, press conferences yeah, and have, stuff. He's like, "You want to come up here and talk." But even the present day, looking back interviews, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people's problems were. It's like, <laughs> the crazy thing is, like, I think they're interviewing the footage, them on Sunday idiot. Sunday morning, and they're, like, so oblivious, and they're like, yeah, it's going great. Yeah, everyone's having a good time. You oh, know, yeah, the festival seems to be going good. $20 million. Good. Also, yeah. uh, to note with this document, because I got obsessed, I like, was looking up a bunch of shit. There's a ton of uh, people's, like, home VHS footage on um, YouTube, too, that I think they used in the documentary, some of it. That's also worth the watch to, you know, to, to, it's just different. Like, get Well, the... we were talking about a member, and you're like, could you imagine, like, being one of those guys at Woodstock where you're like now it's 20 years later and you're watching this footage and you see, see yourself, yourself like yeah. just grabbing women and it's like ugh, well, we saw like, the one guy like you know it showed him um I don't think it showed him grabbing anybody but, no, it, showed but it showed him, him just like flinging the frozen fling, pretzels yeah and it's him talking now and he's like he's like smirking and he's like I don't know like we just and there seemed to be such a lack of remorse and lack of like understanding of like yo man all of your family is going to see you talk about today and see that like you still don't think oh, it's yeah. that fucking did not age. Like well I would that. straight up if I was shown footage, I would I would like have my fucking head down. I wouldn't be able to make eye contact with camera. I would just be like, yeah, uh, I don't know how to explain myself. You know, like yeah. And this guy is just like you know, it was time and place, and everybody was doing it. And Rob know, Rob Chef Rob Sheffield wrote a good review of that documentary because he was in it, and he was like, hope you don't see your parents in it. 
Hope your parents don't see themselves. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. man. Like, but this is, I mean. But this is also like. Connect the dots to today, though. Yeah, and it's. Because yeah. these are the 45-year-olds, 50-year-olds who are fucking on Facebook, and they are reading all the fake news. and Yeah. yeah. and uh, Waiting for cue drops. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, besides all that, you know, it's, it's the, uh, it's the, if you take away anything, it's uh, lesson learning. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. What not to do and. You know, be a brother's keeper always. Yeah, always. Yeah, you gotta take care of yourself, and then you gotta take care of others. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah there was a, just a lot of recklessness and a lot of wildness. Yeah, and, I, and I'm you know. I'm positive that there were genuinely good people who were at that festival oh, yeah. as well. You know what I mean? Who kind of got caught up in the jewel? Jewel. jewel. <laughs> yeah, she was jewel. one of the only. She's yeah. like, I don't know. I didn't know what to play to try to help these people feel better. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, even Alanis Morissette though, weren't they, they were like booing her. While yeah. she was, well, like oh, she was playing her set. You want to watch some hard booze? She's one of the biggest artists in the world at the time. From yeah. that uh, festival, that's not in that movie, is uh, Elvis Costello. Oh my god! He just he had just made an album with Burt Bacharach, so he goes out there <laughs> playing like bossa nova versions of all his songs, and they're all like, "Boo!" Oh no, we want to break can stuff. We, yeah, can we just sidestep and just focus on maybe the musical stuff for the last touching on this? Did you see? Did you see any acts that you're like, oh, I would have liked to have been there for that? I didn't see any fucking money. Not really, guys. I'm really trashy. I was like, I would have watched all those sets and been just a because like I would have watched it from a fucking satellite from away afar. from there. Yeah, not. I would not. Oh, dude, in, you look at that crowd. You're like, I would have no desire to be anywhere. Three hundred thousand people. Like, yes, shoved in. The, no way. Uh, I wouldn't want to be surfing in there. on pieces of plywood ripped off of the fence. <laughs> I would be like way in the back. Like if you yeah. could stand like ten feet from each other. Yeah. Like that's where I would like to enjoy it. But it, up in there, no way. To be fair, I would have kind of just enjoyed the intro for Kid Rock. That's probably about it. Just for the just for the wardrobe cha- and hat change. The minute and a half. It is an minute. excellent yeah. minute long intro. Come on, it's so it good. Is, it is very. But uh, it's theatrical. but it's it's only good because we watch it and it's hilarious to yeah. us. You know, what I'm trying. I'm not. I'm not sitting here being like, this is groundbreaking no, 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 no. musical stuff. You know, I'm not like being like Kid Rock, the Miles Davis of Woodstock '99. You know what I'm saying? But I it's f- also just like, what the fuck? I feel like Corn's set is a great Korn, set. I yeah. I agree. Out of the artists that they showed and like the people they're talking back on their experience, I think the Corn thing was came across the best yeah because like they're emotional and they're like get down to your demons and stuff kind of music yeah, yeah too rage against the machine though i, feel I think like, rage against the machine set was probably pretty good yeah i feel like that was like one maybe if there's only a message that got lost in there is like some people a lot of people did use this music for emotional outlet and yeah. it really meant a lot to them and i think uh, this documentary if they did anything like that wasn't great and i feel like they kind of disingenuized a lot of people that did relate to this music for legitimate yeah. reasons yeah. that are good people upstanding people and they kind of just like trash like they're like yeah corn yeah, and i'm like okay yeah corn but there's some musical stuff there's 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 definitely valid things you could in see there. the corn the segment they presented well because they showed like it was really connecting to the yeah. audience. And he was someone who's like, yo, if I see somebody grabbing some girl in the front row, I'm going to say, beat the shit out of that guy. Yeah. yeah. Right now, everybody jump on top of that guy and beat that that's guy. Like, that's like big respect Which is to the lead singer of The Offspring. Two wrongs is a, doesn't make it right, but... Yeah. I love I love that moment where the lead singer of the Offspring is just kind of like, hey, it's not cool to do that to girls. Like, you know what I mean? Like when he says yeah. that, like, I don't know, because I didn't. I mean, obviously, you know, I played Crazy Taxi. I'm familiar with the Offspring, but like, um, but I did I did like the fact that he because they were like one of the first bands up too. like they were like pretty early on Friday, I think. 
Yeah. I mean, granted, didn't they come out with like baseball bats and like beat up the dummies of the Backstreet right, but Boys? But that's but like punk rock. The Backstreet Boys weren't going to be on the lineup later. You know what I mean? So like, I see it as like yeah. a juvenile punk yeah. rock, like fuck mainstream music. Yeah, yeah. Where you know they kind of present it like, oh, maybe they were starting that lit the fire there. It's like. No, the Backstreet well, Boys were headline at eight o'clock that night. It would be a problem. I'm pretty right? sure what lit the fire was the cartwheeling naked flea. <laughs> well, yeah, no spoiler alert. Naked flea. Like we said earlier, there are some like two on the nose moments in this documentary. That's one of the three. All I have to say is, is that for those who are listening, when you watch the documentary, there's going to be a lot of those moments where you goes, where you go, oh, that's how the fire started. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's how there's, they, there's oh. three specific things that happen in the documentary where you go, yeah, all right, I know how this is going to end in an hour. <laughs> this is all going to turn bad. Yeah. Once they start referencing somebody's journal, I'm like, yeah. this might, no, yeah. I don't know um, about this. As far as musical sets um, that were like worth their while, yeah. Willie Nelson's on Sunday morning. Um, oh. I watched and uh, it's pretty good. And yeah. uh, Rob Sheffield said it was like a, a good, like Willie, Willie, uh, really re- reawakened after the Metallica set and really brought everybody uh, kind of back into yeah. before the final riot. Mm. Um, so <sighs> Willie Nelson, pretty cool. Um, I also looked up some of the sets from like the um, the Chemical Brothers um, who were playing um, on like a smaller stage that Rob yeah, Sheffield said yeah. was like w- worth, like was mm. a great set. Yeah. Um, other sets that played that were like cool, uh, Bush um, put mm. on a, a cool shirtless machine head. shirtless set for the time. A little bit past their prime, but still probably like their last grade. Their prime was only about a year and a half. So. I saw Bush, yeah, like nine years ago, Ooh. and I left after the third song. Yeah, oh. I was like, this is not. Also, I would rather jump into an actual Bush <laughs> than listen to Bush. Music sets that I liked uh, Live's set that they because uh, um, yeah. I was like, man, Live was a great band of that period. That so that was pretty cool. Like I liked that. Um, I liked a lot of the music in the documentary. Like I'm, I like Corn. I like Live. I like Bush. Like it's all childhood stuff that got played in the radio heavily. So yeah, um, even like the Limp Bizkit. Like as far as like, I don't think they're like a great, a good, a good band. But like, you know what I mean. Like it was on the radio all the time when I was younger. So it's got like that kind of thing to it. One of my favorite things that Jeff sent to the group chat was like the the picture of the flyer. And the first two names on the lineup <laughs> is James Brown and Buck Cherry. Oh, yeah, Buck Cherry played, too. And jo- George Clinton and the P-Funk All-Stars. <laughs> played twice. To Collective Soul. And then Creed. Yeah. And oh, yes. Godsmack. Everlast. Al Green played at Woodstock 99. <laughs> and, the, you know, anything where it's just like Al Green and then... And then Megadeth. Do you know who is like, pl- what is happening? The Sugar same, Ray. The same. Brian oh, Setzer Orchestra. Actually, let me correct you, sir. Oh Sugar Ray never played. They canceled. Oh, did um, they? Yes, oh, they did. They um, were a huge band then. Limp Bizkit. While Limp Bizkit was playing on one main stage, um, the drummer for the dead, uh, what's his name? I can't think of Mickey right Hart. Now. Yeah, Mickey uh, Hart was playing with his band on the other like main the stage. Percussion, the tribal drum circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Wyclef Jean for his rendition oh. of the national anthem. And then taking a minute and a half to try to set his guitar on fire. Yes. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> pretty he, lame. That, dude, I laughed so out hard of, out, out loud of, when out that of was people happening. who didn't cr- commit criminal acts in this documentary, he came away the worst <laughs> he looks like such a hack dude him and and dave matthews 
Oh yeah, yeah. bad. Because he only has like 15 seconds. Worst and it's all bad. Oh, bad. You're just like, oh, Dave Matthews, Dave Matthews. come on, dude. What are, you, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, yeah. not great. Yeah. Also, like, not a good look. No, DMX a, too. DMX, crazy good set. Yeah. I mean, performed his ass off. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. And that was another interesting moment too, where he kind of was doing the crowd work and having them chant along to a song where you're like, mm, it's a lot kinda... of white people saying the n word right now. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and but that's the thing is like, how do you how do you even yeah. look at that? Like, is it well, what does DMX do? You know, what is I'd DMX say, doing? Like, yeah. what is it? You know, how do you? How, I, I'll just say I just didn't know how to feel about it when oh, I watched yeah. it. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of conflicting sort of internal like, well, this is in, in, interesting uh, 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 commentary, too, from that, yeah. you know, yeah. I, but that set was like monstrous. There's, you know, mm. a lot of a lot of music of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what it's a, definitely what a fucking weird time of music. What a, man. Yeah, what a weird time. Because now you listen to radio now and it ha- it's like homogenous, you know, pretty much everything is kind of that electronic dancey mix version of kind of hip-hop influenced pop songs and back then like the top 20 was like fucking corn limpus get britney spears and sync sugar ray it's yeah. like it was all fucking everywhere. all over the place it made no yeah. sense no sense yeah very um, very, very strange but, so yeah, yeah definitely check it out like uh like we said it's on it's HBO, a, yeah, it's a very it's very good documentary and it's interesting to kind of like a b it too and watch the woodstock 99 documentary and then watch summer of soul to get this sort yeah. of like kind of idea of like what how yeah. music festivals can be and what they right. are and like what they stand for because because for me summer mm. of soul and then woodstock 99 is like these two completely polar opposite sides of this like musical festival spectrum where you're like good god man and and, good you, god. and you see what american society tries to squash and what american society tries to promote yeah which is the fucking opposite of what it should be yeah man it's, it's it is pretty crazy it's wild so yeah so check it out like we said i think yeah i think it's supposed to go up on the on the hulu anyway so yeah woodstock 99 peace i think it's called peace love oh, and rage, rage. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway uh anything else guys no i got some love peace hair grease for everyone out love, there love peace hair grease yeah. this has been getting the garage make sure to like and subscribe on all social media platforms give us a five-star review if you feel so inclined and uh stay rad uh, stay rad writes and uh, write a review if you can too uh the more you review and rate us the more the algorithm knows that we exist mm. so until next time guys get in the garage This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.